Hey, this is Greg Harvey, pastor at Embrace Church. Enjoy today's message and subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming sermons. Been on this, the key to growth for for a couple of weeks now. We we have we've 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 kind of just hung in that John 15, and we're still going to hang in that John 15 uh, this week, where he said, look, um, in order for really for, for real growth to happen, for you to really produce these things in your life that you've been wanting to produce, the key to it is you've got to abide, to remain uh, in him. So so in all these things where we try and change at the first of the year and I you know this is going to be different and that's going to be different and that's going to, can I just tell you one thing that has to stay the same in your life is the one who is the same yesterday today and forever. And you have to remain in him and abide in him in order for real change to take place. And last week we, we, we discovered there's, there is some things that have to change for growth to happen. And where so many times we like to focus on the problems in our lives. And, well, if I can just change the problem, I can just change the outcome. If I can just change this, the, because I don't like the outcome and I want real growth to take place. And, and sometimes we focus so much on the outcome what I am producing or what I'm not producing, and we fail to realize that it's our patterns in our life that produces the outcome. So some things have to change because if I keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, I'm going to keep getting the same results over and over again. How many, how many God, God just spoke to you about some things in your life? you got to change. You got, I'll be, hey. Okay, there's three. All the others are like, I'm good. Change Because change hurts, doesn't it? You can get excited about changing on Sunday, but when Monday comes, it's easier to just go through the same pattern. So I want to encourage you, change some things. This week we're going to go deeper. And in John chapter 15, and don't worry, I had you stand, and you're thinking, when can I sit down? Don't worry about it. (laughs) You're going to read a little bit, and I promise you just a little bit. He says this again, uh, and I want to read, uh, I'm going to read out of the NIV this time, if that's all right. Don't get offended with me. He said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Notice he's not the genie. Genie. He's the gardener. He's not the one who just grants our wishes, but he's the gardener who cultivates our lives. I'm the true vine, my father is the gardener. And here's what the gardener does. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. You catch that? He he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while 
every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. How many want to be even more fruitful? But, but let me warn you this morning and give you my thought. It, you can share this with your neighbor. Tell them it takes a while. It takes a while. You, you can be seated. You can be seated. Don't go to sleep on me. It takes a while. It takes a while. It takes a while. Hopefully you get my accent because I grew up in Arkansas. I was born in Texas, but forgive me, I grew up in Arkansas. I come back to Texas as soon as I could. I was born here. I'm a natural citizen. It's okay. I'm a Texan. But I was grew up in Arkansas, so my accent gets mixed up, and hopefully you can get it because I have said while before, and maybe you know what I'm saying. There is actually an L in there, even whether I pronounce it or not. And, and I shared this before a little bit, that, that, that while, and I focused on the while, and the people thought I was saying, wow. Like, wow. <gasps> like, surprise, wow. So, so if you hear that, listen, I'm not saying, wow. It, but, wow, with an L. I know they sound the same, just follow me here. Doing my best to pronounce the L, but I grew up in the South, and you, it's hard to pronounce every letter in a word. We like to shorten things up. Are y'all like me? I even asked you the question, are y'all? And y'all knew what I was saying, so y'all are like me. Don't have time to say you all like me it takes a while and Jesus really he spoke at length about this didn't he about bearing fruit and if we remain in him he goes for several verses driving it home if you remain you'll produce if you remain you'll produce and the problem is uh, is that really he's letting you know a message of a process and it's hard because we don't always like the process. We, in fact, crave uh, real-time results, don't we? Come on. I mean, I did a crunch yesterday. I should have abs today. I'm going to have a crunch. Nestle, later maybe. Because it didn't work yesterday. I didn't get my abs. So, because we want real-time results. We want to see things immediately. Pastor, I tithed Sunday. I wanted the full blessing that you promised that you said would happen this week. And I didn't get it. So then we want to stop. But God's saying, look, no, 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 no. No, I know you want real-time results. But I'm more engaged in the process. So he's describing this. If you want to be fruitful, there's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't, you don't plant 
the, the root, the seed, uh, and the vine grows uh, overnight and, the, and that the branches come out of the vine overnight and begin to produce. No, it's a process and he's describing a, a process of what is taking place. And really what he's trying to drive at, what he's trying to get through uh, is that even though we're wanting real-time results, God's into long-lasting fruit. In that, in that what he's saying to you is that faithfulness and fruitfulness are inseparable. You can't, you can't have fruitfulness without faithfulness. That it's a time period of staying and abiding and staying and abiding. And even though I don't see it yet, the promise is as long as I am faithful, I will eventually be fruitful. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't just, just all of a sudden take place. It's a process that he is describing. Uh, that, that, you, that, that as long as I am faithful, I will be fruitful. Because I don't know, if, know about you, but there are very few things in my life that seem more frustrating in me than when I am feeling unfruitful. Come on, are you like me? That in those areas in my life that I'm expecting to see fruit, but I don't see fruit yet. And it seems so frustrating. And I want to quit. And I want to give up. I want to just throw in the towel at times because there's nothing more, more frustrating than when I'm feeling unfruitful and it's one thing if I'm fruitful in wrong areas in other words if I sow bad seeds I get it when I get fruit that I don't like I get that but but I'm talking about what is it what about when you sow good seeds when you sow the right seed and you still see no fruit and perhaps what Jesus wanted us to grasp really in this, 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 this passage of John 15 uh, is that, 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 that we will bear the right fruit that we're wanting as long as we stay connected to Him. That eventually it will happen. It's a process that forces us to embrace a phrase that I don't know about you, but I hate the phrase, it takes a while. I hate that phrase. It takes a while because I want the now. And God's describing the process. You know, I think it's so frustrating because there is something that is born within us that we all desire to be fruitful. I mean, we really are. We all desire to be fruitful in our lives. We all desire to see meaningful things happen. We all desire to see the increase and the blessings and the fruit just flourishing out of our lives. We, we long for that. It's something that we have been born with. We, we want to be better. We want to be better this year than we were last year. Come on, I hope that's you. 
I hope none of y'all are like, I don't like to be less. No, I want to be better. I, I, I want my finances to be better. Come on, that, come on, that should have been a big amen. I'm just seeing if y'all are awake out there. I, I, I want, I want my, my growth with God, I want my relationship with Him to be better. I'm not content with what it was last year, and I, and I always want the next and the next and the next and to get closer and closer for everything to get better. We long for the better. And I think we do that because, because it's really in us from the beginning. I mean, think about it. When, when, when God spoke the blessing in the garden over Adam and Eve, what He tell them in, in, in Genesis 1.22, it said that God blessed them. And He said this. He said, be fruitful and multiply. So no wonder there's in me that wants to be fruitful because He spoke that over you and I. He spoke that over mankind from the beginning. I want you to be fruitful. So I can't stand it in my life when I see areas that aren't fruitful when I know I'm supposed to be bearing fruit because He said, be fruitful and multiply. So it's just stuck in me. I mean, from the beginning, uh, increase in fruitfulness has always been uh, the mark of the blessing of God. Increase in fruitfulness. So it's natural then that we equate our success on whether or not we are being fruitful or not. Whether we're seeing increase in something or we're not. So it's frustrating when I don't see the fruit happening. You know, I think that's why it's so hard to grasp a little bit. And I want to share this, this verse with you again. John 15, verse 2. It's hard for me to grasp that because this process of I want to be fruitful, it's, in, it's ingrained in me to be fruitful and multiply. So it's hard for me to grasp this verse when it says that He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit that I get. That I understand. That I can deal with. I wasn't producing there anyway. So get rid of it. But this next part and that word while where it says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That gets hard to grasp. He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You know, what I see, what I, what, what, what I get out of this, is that he cuts me either way. Come on. He's cutting both ways. It, the the branch that bears no fruit, he cuts. The branch that does bear fruit, he cuts. And that's where it gets real difficult. When, when he's cutting on things where it seems like I'm producing. 
where it seems like, but God, I was being fruitful, and all of a sudden, you come along and snip, snip, and cut some areas out, and I thought it was going good, and now, where I was producing, where I was seeing the blessing, where it was a little fruitful, now I'm not seeing anything at all right now, and that's where it gets difficult in my life, where he has come, even when I am producing, and he goes and he cuts a little bit here, and he cuts a little bit there, and that's where it gets difficult I mean my goodness he's just cutting he's just cutting he's just cutting and I hate it come on how many likes the cuts no I hate the cuts but can I tell you can I tell you can I tell you Notice he doesn't say he's cutting you off. He's just cutting you back. Come on, tell your neighbor it's just a cutback. You'll get through it. It's just a cutback. It's, it's just a cutback. He's not cutting you off from the source. He's just cutting you back. I, I remember when, when we pastored up in, in Indiana. And I'm so glad, my goodness, it's so cold right there. I'm so glad he delivered us from there. I'm reminded here in Texas when y'all have that one week of winter of what, oh man, I don't want to go back. I like, I like the warm weather. I remember when we were in Indiana, we, we had a deacon in our church, longtime deacon, a great man. And, and he would, he, he, he loved to garden. He's the guy I think I've shared with you before that we, we said one year we wanted to have a garden and he just showed up at our house and planted a garden. And I realized, well, that was work. I don't want a garden. Why would I want a garden? I can get green beans at the store for 50 cents a can. And I don't have to pull out weeds. It's the garden's work. I don't care if it's organic. I'll take the pesticides. I don't care. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Here. He would. He loved the landscaping at our church and loved to take care of that. And we had some rose bushes there at our church and it would always throw me off because here it would be when we come out of that winter and spring begins to hit and those rose bushes would begin to bloom and they would be overgrown they would they would be full of leaves but there would be a few roses popping up some blooms and Don Flynn would show up I'm calling him out. He's not here. It's okay. Y'all don't know him. Don Flynn would show up with his pruning shears. And I would pray, please don't let it be the Sunday before Easter. Because I like it to look good. And there's a few roses blooming. But he would show up. And, 
And, and he would cut those rose bushes just back. I mean, he would just go to town on those rose bushes to where it looked like, oh my goodness, he just killed those things. There's no green left. There's no leaves. There's no, there's just a bunch of just sticks with, with thorns sticking out. And I was like, what did you do? But in a couple of weeks, what looked like death, what looked like that he just cut it off, I realized was just a cutback. Because what was left began to bloom. And, and out of the branches would expand out and the leaves would grow. And there would be so many roses on the bush that you could hardly ever see. The, I mean, it was just loaded, loaded with roses. And I realized something right then in my life that so many times where I get discouraged because it just feels like he has cut me off. Can I just tell you, and somebody needs to hear this, it wasn't a cut off. It was just a cut back and if he cut you back you will grow back and you will be greater than what you were before but you've got to trust the process and it's going to take a while it doesn't happen overnight it doesn't it doesn't just happen it it takes some time and I know it's discouraging and I know it's upset when you've done the right thing, when you've sowed the right thing and you've been faithful in the right area and things are looking right and things are looking good and then all of a sudden it just feels like God comes and he just cuts this out of your life and he cuts that out of your life. He cuts these people out of your life. He cuts these friends out of your He cuts this activity. I can't do this anymore. I can't. And he's cutting around and he's cutting around and he's cutting around and it hurts and you wonder what's happening to me and I feel so discouraged but but I, I, I'm going to trust the process and realize it's just a cutback when you feel like Job and you're discouraged and everything's been cut away from you in your life but can I tell you the double portion the extra bloom it's coming but you've got to make sure that you're staying faithful and abiding and remaining in him and I'm trusting him because when everything is happening I trust the one who holds the scissors who does the cutting he's my gardener he's faithful and he's got a perfect purpose in it and it might not I might not see it happen immediately it might take some time it might take a while but I promise you I promise you more fruits coming you've just got to trust in the process and I know we don't like it I, I don't like it. I don't don't like it. I don't like it when it takes a while And that really caught me, that one phrase. That's why I read it out of this version because I was reading the multiple versions and this one caught me. Look at that again. He said, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Wow. 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 Wow, every branch. Wow. I don't like 
while. While seems to have some different meanings. Do you realize that while can mean a couple of different things? While can mean it can, like the sermon, it takes a while. You're thinking, how long is he going to preach this? It's taking a while, isn't it? Like the sermon title, you don't have to laugh at how long it's taken. It takes a while. I don't care for it. I don't like it when, when my daughter says, when, when, when I'm asking how long before we get where I'm ready to go, and she just says, a little while. I don't like it because I know a little while, her little while and my little while is not the same thing. And I can handle little whiles. You know, God even said in, in, in Hebrews chapter 1037, He says this, for He says, for yet a little while. And He who is coming will, will come and will not tarry. I can handle the little whiles when the little whiles is on my time. I can handle the little whiles when, uh, when, when the little while is like 15 minutes. I can handle it when, when I'm expecting the little while to just be the next day. You know, it seems like a little while to me. I can handle waiting a day. But, but, but Peter said uh, that the day unto the Lord is like a thousand years. And a thousand years of a day as a day. In other, in other words, I don't know if I can trust his little while. His little while doesn't line up with my little while, so I have to learn some patience. I have to be faithful. I have to, I have to just stay within this because the promise is it will happen. I will be fruitful. I will bear these things. It's just not going to be on my time frame, but on his. It takes a while, and I don't like it. But while can also mean something else, such as, in the verse that we read, while can mean doing two things at the same time. Two things going on at the same time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How many are like me in the room that, that you watch TV while playing on your phone? And I don't understand anything that happened on the TV. It was just noise in the background because... My focus was on the phone. I realized wow can be a distraction. Trust me. How many has tried to have a conversation with your spouse while you were on the phone? How did that go for you? Where finally she says, did you hear a word I said? And I said, that's a strange way to start a conversation. <laughs> Why would you start that way? And I realized that I was trying to pay attention while. While. The distractions of the while can be so distracting and the hard thing to do sometimes is realize because what's happening in your life is those wiles come in and while you're trying to produce fruit the enemy's trying to distract you so while you're trying to produce 
You've got branches growing off from the enemy that he's got into you a little bit. And it's so hard to, to discern what needs to be cut and what's not because sometimes sometimes there's, there's things that I perceive as fine and I perceive as good and God comes along and he cuts away a little bit because it's hard to determine what needs to be cut and what doesn't need to be cut. So I've got to trust in Hilma to do the cutting. And he'll tell me what needs to be cut out of my life. And I don't like it. And sometimes it takes a while for it to be cut because I'm fighting him back the whole time. Because while I'm wanting to grow, at the same time, I like my distractions. And I've learned this, I've learned, I've learned this, that I have to learn to determine what is really worth my while is this really worth my while what really means the most in my life what what really should get my full attention what really needs to be faithful in is so i begin to ask myself is this worth my while or not see there's no no i think the greatest example in scripture of someone who had this down, who was so focused on his duties was Nehemiah. And if you've ever read the book of Nehemiah, it starts off and he feels this job, this earning, this yearning that he's got to build the wall around Jerusalem. The wall had been devastated, been torn down for a while now. See, I'm going to try and throw a while as much as I can in this sermon so it gets in you. It had been, it had been torn down for a while now. And, and, and Nehemiah knows he has to build. He feels this urge and he asks of the king. And the king sends him to Jerusalem there with the supplies that he needs. But Nehemiah knows he has just a little bit of time. He can't just take all of his life. He's got a little bit of time. So he has to be focused. He has to be diligent. And, and while they're building the wall, he noticed the enemy was coming in. And they would get a little bit done. And the enemy would attack and destroy it again. So Nehemiah came with the conclusion that the, 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 the wall has to be built. So he's so organized within this that he says, I'm going to have some people build. And while they're building, I'm going to have others defending and fighting. And he understands this compromise of this and that to complete the job, to complete the purpose, because he understood what was really important, what really was worth his while. And when the enemy couldn't destroy the wall anymore what they tried to do was distract him and let me let me show you that's in nehemiah chapter 6 verse 2 that it says that 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 that, that samballad and, and geshem sent to me saying come let us meet together among the villages in the plain of oh no i like that how many how many you you've been in the plain of oh no too long you know what I'm talking about. Oh, no. This is happening. Oh, no. I don't know. They tried to bring him down to the plane of oh, no. But they thought to do me harm. So, watch his response. So I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work. And some of you got to realize that. What's worth your while? What's the most important thing? 
And nothing can stand. And he says, nothing can get in between that. He said, I'm doing a, a great work. I'm doing something valuable here. So I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Look at this. Wow. Wow. I leave it to go down to you. Can I just tell you? I just tell you, look, some of y'all have come down off of what really is most important in your life. Some of y'all have come down off the wall, off of those areas that are worth your while. You've come down off of those things because you're distracted with other things happening. That some people have come to you and you've gone down into the valley of oh no. Well, you know what I'm talking about. What does the valley of oh no do to you? It makes you worry all the time. So you can't, you get so distracted. Doing this and trying to, to, to just be the best husband. I'm trying to be the best Christian. I'm trying to be the best father. I'm trying to, come on, what, what is it? If you think about it, it's easy to say what's worth your while, but how many times do you've got so distracted by this or that, that while you're trying to do your best, instead you're distracted and doing other things instead? You are looking at me like you're mad. Get out of the plane. Plane of oh no, get out of the plane. What I'm trying to get back on the wall and focus on what matters. Get back on the wall and complete the job. Focus on what matters. You've been distracted for too long. So God comes and he cuts. And he nips. So the question is really this that has to be asked in everything. Is this worth my while? Come on, ask yourself, what are some of the things you're doing right now? The things that has your time, the thing that has your energy. Is it really worth your while? I've looked and I've watched people as, as they've got so distracted and they've thought that this was so important. And they poured all their energy. You pour all your energy. Some of you pour all your energy into a company for a business that doesn't really care that much about you. And at the same time, while you're throwing in extra overtime, while you're throwing in extra things here, while you're doing, while you're losing what's most important, your family. And you can justify it all you want and say, well, but, but, but it allows me to go on more vacation. I'm telling you, your family doesn't need another vacation as much as they need you. What's worth your while? Listen, I'm not, I, I, I get you've got to work. I'm not saying that. Some of y'all, you work though, and when you come home, you're so focused on everything else. You're so distracted that really what is most important to you, you've, decide, you've just left to the side. And I'm asking you, 
what's worth your while? What's really worth your while? What's worth your attention? What's worth your energy? What's worth your while? But within all of it, I promise you, if you remain in Him and you're faithful in Him, you will produce where you're wanting to produce. On our worship team, y'all will come back up and But it won't happen when you produce, it won't happen overnight. It takes a while. And I would have much rather have preached on suddenly. Trust me. I like the God of sudden. And I could have pulled out scriptures, Acts 2, when suddenly came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled the house. I like the suddenly. But I also realized that most of the time, the suddenly that you see in someone else, it takes a while for them. Like the suddenly in Acts chapter 2 was after 10 days of praying faithfully. And then suddenly. And it will feel like a while. But can I tell you when the fruit shows up? It shows up suddenly. suddenly I want the suddenly but the suddenly only happens after a while of being faithful in what matters most being faithful to him being faithful in those areas some of you you want to be a better father you want to be a better husband you want to be a better employee you want to be a better you want to be a better you want to be a better this this verse that just hit me in John 20 verse 1 it says now on the first day of the week Mary Madeline went to the tomb early while while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Y'all don't know what's happening. Jesus has died. He's been buried. Mary Magdalene's going to take care of the body as soon as she could after the Sabbath, after the Passover. The first day after the Passover, she gets there, and she gets there so early, she doesn't know that Jesus has been raised from the dead. She just knows that her hope's gone. She just knows that what she has trusted in has died. 
and she gets there early while it is dark. And I think how many times in our lives uh, that our faith is lost while the dark moments are hitting. While it seems dead. While it seems all hope is gone. while And it's hard to have the faith while you're in the darkest moments. But can I, can I just tell you, for some of y'all right now where you're at, that's exactly where you're at. It's like the darkest moments, and you're trying to be faithful. You're trying to stay true. And it's so hard because you don't see any light happening yet. But can I just encourage you that real faith happens in the dark. Real faith takes place in the dark. I mean, the gospel itself is in this moment of while we were yet sinners, what Christ died for us. Romans, he said it, he said it. Wow, it wasn't when we were doing good. It wasn't when we were faithful. It wasn't when he didn't act on our behalf when we were doing right. It doesn't say while we were doing our best, he finally decided I'll redeem them. No, it's while we were yet sinners. Great things happen in the wilds. you be faithful while it's dark be faithful while you've been cut on be faithful while you don't see the miracle happening can you just trust that at the same time as Mary was going to the tomb and it was dark do you realize at the exact same moment while she was heading there, Christ was stepping out. And it might be your darkest moment right now, but can you just trust that God moves in the dark? The light presents itself in the dark. He comes out of your darkness. So, so trust Him while. Thanks for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Have a great week and make an impact on those around you.